This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Back into the fray. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Dial pound 3636 and you'll be happy you did. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Dave Sparrow, President of Actra National. With our panel today, there are two instead of three. Uh, but it's expediting things because i got a lot of things I wanted to address, not the least of which is, you know, the recent spate of violence in the city. It's uh, really now become a case where uh, it's very frequent and uh, terrifying to people in different neighborhoods and precincts. Like, uh, And then the, go- the organized crime enforcement and drug squad yesterday announcing six people in separate gun and gang investigations, three in total, uh, have been charged, $3.7 million in drugs confiscated, four hundred grand in cash, 150 criminal charges. Overnight alone, we had six separate incidents of shooting and uh, out in the city's west end at the uh, Red Roof restaurant, uh, one individual killed, another seriously wounded. This was around uh, 1.30 in the morning uh, at Jane and Lawrence West, and uh, it's going on unabated. Stephen Holliday, let me ask you, because uh, we're not really sure that this is ever anything that's going to be put back in a bottle like a genie unless there's some political will to do so. You know, when you've got the police chief saying we can't arrest our way out of this problem, uh, the mayor, I mean, he talks up, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of concern and yada, yada, yada. I'm, I'm not sure at which level. I'm guessing, you know, federal, because that's criminal code stuff. Uh, bail has been looked into by the provincial government. Uh, maybe more police on the street, which is a municipal concern. How's this going to be addressed so there's some impact and it's effective? It's probably all of the above. But one of the things I've learned in my time as counselor is the cyclical nature of how the police go through the investigation phase, arrest people. If uh, if all works out, they go into jail and then they come back out. And you see uh, spikes in crime when they come back out because it's related to organized crime and gang activity. So, uh, yeah, there was a recent story, $3.7 million in drugs seized, a bunch of arrests. That's good news. Um, what my mind begins to think about is what happens in two, three, four, five years when the bad guys come back out onto the street and do we have all the all the pieces in place to make sure that they're not reoffending? Why are they coming out in three, four, five years? I was citing earlier today by way of example, and I know it's uh, got obviously some uh, asterisks applied to it, but in China they just found some people trafficking fentanyl. Two are sentenced to life imprisonment, one to death. I mean, they're going hardcore on this. Are we perhaps just nibbling around the edges when it comes to the severity of these crimes? They destabilize communities. People's lives are put in danger. It's an important part of the puzzle, right? There needs to be deterrence. People need to understand if you're going to go to this life of crime, there are serious consequences. You know, look, in China, that's pretty harsh stuff, especially a death sentence. And, you know, I don't condone capital punishment, but I'm not feeling real bad for people that prey on others with fentanyl, of all the drugs, you know, a concentrated thing that if you overdose on it, you're dead. If you touch somebody that, you know, has that on their skin and it gets into your bloodstream, you're dead too. And the former emergency worker sitting here in the room, they understand, um, you know, how dangerous this stuff is. And should they be locked up, throw away the key for trafficking and that kind of stuff? My answer is yes. And I think public sentiment is on there. And we have a little bit of a divide between the way that this is playing out with the judiciary and the law and how people feel about sentencing these really bad guys with drugs uh, and making sure that they're locked up. So I think a, a course correction is needed. I know it doesn't happen fast, but the politics certainly are are headed that way. Well, all right. Uh, politics, you know, politics usually follows downstream from culture. And if the society is demanding this, I'm guessing they are. I mean, I know I am. You said as much just a moment ago, Stephen. So where's the political will? Is it lacking or is it something just waiting to be triggered here, David? <laughs> 
You know, uh, as a citizen, I'm at my wit's end regarding these things because I think, you know, Stephen hit on the head that it's all of the things you listed before, um, social uh, work with young people to try to dissuade them from going in this direction, and then policing um, and really community policing and and building those relationships, and then crime or, or punishment for crimes that are basically completely unacceptable within our society. And the more we hear about the shootings in Toronto, about people storming into liquor stores in Winnipeg and just walking off with with booze. Um, uh, And what we hear out of the States, of course, is that deterrence don't seem to be working. You know, down in the States, somebody will, you'll hear about somebody gets 120 years in Florida for breaking some crime. It doesn't seem to stop anybody else from breaking uh, the law. Um, it would seem that young people, uh, again, I'm, I'm talking on both sides of the border, lack the the hope or the, the um, dreams of, of actually achieving something in life. And so they're willing to go out and just steal it from somebody at the risk of losing their freedom. And they don't seem to really care on some level. For me, when I was a kid, those kind of things, the idea of going to jail or even being confronted by a police officer and your parents stopped you from doing the crime in the first place. So I think we're going to have to have a sea change, really, in terms of political will. Absolutely, people need to demand it. But then how are we dealing with this? Even if you were taking these criminals out and doing what the Chinese are doing, I don't think it would necessarily stop what's going on. And so I I wish I had that golden bullet answer, but we don't have it right now. I still think we need to be really careful with messages that we send as a government. Uh, And I know these are controversial debate pieces, and there's a lot to it, but this country legalized a drug that had not been legal, um, you know, since the the turn of the century, right, uh, with cannabis. And so, you know, at at the highest level, people regard that as, well, you know, the government, you know, they're looking at drugs, and they've made it legal, and that's cool now. And uh, I know I've talked about this before, but the supervised injection sites in the city, and there's there's a lot to be said about that and a lot of you know, back and forth about the business case for them. But ultimately, they, they make a signal that, you know, it's okay to come and use that stuff because we have a place for you to use it safely. And that, to some people, will send a message about those kinds of drugs. So the government is saying those kinds of things or is being interpreted that way. And yet we also have another piece of the government saying, well, we got to clamp down on crime. And I don't know how the two square, but but on I, the other hand, although gun violence has certainly increased in the last in the last many years, and we've seen that, is if you go back to the 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s in in Toronto and Montreal, the gangs were were then they weren't the types of gangs we have now. They were instead motorcycle gangs that were involved in in drugs and in prostitution and and theft and all these things. Is we have always had this level a level of crime uh, within our society that we have been unable to dissuade people from falling into. And right now, it it does involve more shootings, absolutely, and we need to do something about this. But we shouldn't fool ourselves that simply legalizing marijuana or opening uh, uh, drug um, uh, or um, safe injection sites has really escalated things um, from from the realities that this has always been a problem, and how are we going to actually do deal with it? Well, I just wonder if, you know, maybe the legalization of marijuana has exacerbated a situation because, you know, if it's gotten to be a more competitive environment for people pushing the stuff, you know, on the black market, uh, the walls are closing in, and 
They're trying to protect their turf through violent means. I don't know. It's just one theory I'm floating. Something else has showed up earlier today. A guy uh, actually called the show and he said, you know, for a lot of people, you don't understand the nature of poverty because this is their way out. They raise themselves up by their bootstraps by getting into a life of dealing, you know, illicit substances, uh, you know, controlling it through force and guns and stuff. Obviously, he made a very compelling argument, didn't he, David? You know what, John, is um, obviously I've heard people speaking that way before. I accolade you for uh, um, holding your your, uh, tone throughout that. Let's face it, is that we have so many wonderful people who grow up in poverty and facing steep hills to climb and challenges who become uh, really exemplary citizens in their community. I think of Mustafa, the poet who um, is down here in the Regent Park area, who's just such an example to everyone in his community and is truly um, doing uh, great things for that community. And so many other people who are, are examples of what you can do with very little and how you can get a great education and how you can have a positive impact in your community. People are looking for the cheap easy way out and selling drugs is the easy way out and they shouldn't be choosing to break the law. I, I can't, I don't believe you can justify the crime. It's like, uh, it's like saying, well, it's okay to go into a store or restaurant and steal the food because you're hungry. Look, I feel very uh, sympathetic to somebody that's hungry, but it doesn't make it right or acceptable in our society. And, you know, you even go to something simpler, um, TTC fare evasion, very prevalent, do we make it okay because some people have a hard time paying the fare? No, we've got societal standards, and the rules and the law is to keep the order in society is you got to pay your fare. The same thing with, with drugs. It doesn't make it okay to sell them just because you need the money. The drugs are very, very bad, and there's a hundred reasons why bringing those drugs into the market and into people are going to cause lots of problems. By the way, uh, that was a nice shout-out to Mustafa in Regent Park. Anybody else you want to make a shout-out for? Well, I, I was just going to say, we've got some uh, new listeners today from Calavia on the Danforth, and uh, fantastic guys who uh, are really interested in following the John Oakley Show, so a shout-out to them. Okay, well, you know, we're doing a festival of shout-outs. How about you, Holiday? Anybody? <laughs> Shout out to my kids. Make sure they're doing their homework right oh, now. Okay. Well, yeah, get on that homework, you kids. Or we, we know where you live. Uh, right. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.